Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a teaching with TBA rabbinic resident Julia Noblock. Welcome to the poetry learning um, of this afternoon. I um, Today I brought a poem um, by Dalia Ravikovic who is considered by many to be one of the greatest female um, brew Israeli. Uh, and um, just a few words about her. She was born in 1936 in Ramat Gan, and she died in 2005. Um, she lost her father pretty early on in her life, and then um, her mother remarried, and they moved to Gantz, um which Dalia left when she feel that I was in feel part of the life there and lots of other things. And um, so she grew up in foster families um, until she was an adult. And um, she was married a few times. Um, she had one son, but um, when she got divorced, she lost custody. And um, she had a very prolific creative life. She was a journalist. She, she was a translator. And obviously, she was a poet. Um, but she just basically out a life. Like, she never got, even though she got the Israel Prize and said as a great poets, but she didn't, in terms of, she was never got the professional kind of enumeration of sorts that she did. Um, she um, she is also known, especially in later years, political activism, um, very much um, against a lot of Israeli settlement policies. Um, the poems that I, the one poem and maybe the second we're going to look at tonight do not deal with that, but um, it is definitely part of her um part of her curriculum, her, who she was. Um, she suffered from depressions, and when she died, people in 2005, she was found dead in her apartment by herself, I mean, alone, and people assume, assumed at first it might have been um, a suicide. It was later um, affirmed that it wasn't, that died of heart failure. But, um, yeah, she was a very creative person, and she had a lot of, as, you, as I think this poem is going to symbolize, uh, a lot of, power and a lot of language, and, but I think she also lonely and sad times. So um, I, um, I did know of her, but um, in, to prepare for this, um, for this learning, I, I delved more into her and read up about her a lot, and I, I, was, really, um, I was really impressed by her, yeah, um, taken by, by, um, by this poet's life. So um, the poem that I brought is called Bo Yavo, and it is translated as He Shall Surely Come. And as you know, I'm trying hard <laughs> to um, get a connection to the weekly Parsha that, um, that is, um, I'm teaching, and um, we are in Parashat Bo, so um, it was more of a you know, word uh, um, alliteration sort of association, let me remember her. Um, the more I read about it, though, or the more I read this poem and the more I thought about it, I realized how fitting it is actually for this parasha, because um, in this parasha, the, re the redemption of the Israelites describes how the Israelites are being taken out of Egypt, which is considered um, the a, a redemptive event. And, um, and everything in this poem, I want to talk with you then once we've read it, um, with you about it, like how how it sort of um, expresses the anticipation of something that might be considered a redemptive event. Um, it is unclear what it is. What it is. Um, there are some 
suggestions um, in, in the text that um, we can talk about, but, um, and I'm going to read it in English. The printout that you have in person are a little blurred, so forgive for that, it's sort of what happened. And um, the source sheet for those online, um, so you should have two documents. One is the PDF and the other one, which is the Hebrew one, is actually a screenshot, so it's a picture. So, and you may have to, unless you have already done it, of course, um, there, there, there should be two, and if you don't see them right away, you may want to click inside the folder, um, there are two attached. יש לי כוח התאפקות בלתי נלאה. אני שנה הרבה, אני מחכה הרבה, כשהוא יגיע הוא ייראה. לפעמים אני מתחפשת למתה. כשהאדם נוהג מנהג משונה, השכנים מותחים עליו ביקורת, ומתלחשים באחרי גבו. בציפייה בלתי נלאה, אני נופחת בהרוגים האלה שיחיו. רק מעטים אמנה האזו והיו שעה קלה. לאחרים שוב לא הבאתי שום תועלת. אני שותקת ואוטמת את אוזניי לגערות השוק. וציבה התם האיומה של הרוכלים, רק לעתים אני צועקת מחמת הזעם. מיד אני נוזפת בעצמי שכך קרה, אובדן שלטה עצמית. עליי להניח לזה, עליי להבליק חורף וקיץ, עד שיפציע ראש אדום. He shall surely come. Years are passing me by in a slumber of senses and absent-mindedness and in deceit until a tiny head breaks through, red as the ball of the setting sun. He shall surely come. In the broad expanses of the desert, hundreds of kilometers on every side, there's not a hint of anything like it. I have a tireless capacity for self-control. I sleep a lot. I wait a lot. When he shall arrive, he shall be seen. Sometimes I play as dead. When a person acts peculiarly, the neighbors criticize him and whisper behind his back. With a tireless expectation, I breathe upon these slain that they may live. Only a few indeed dared and lived for a short time. I was of no use to the others again. I am silent and shut my ears to the scolding and shut my ears to the scoldings of the marketplace and the horrible screaming of the peddlers. Only sporadically do I cry out because of the anger. Immediately, I scold myself that this had happened, a loss of self-control. I must let it be. I must show forbearance winter and summer until a redhead breaks through, pearl-like and soft. The like of which no eye 
has ever seen. So, yeah, so I think this is, this is a very powerful poem. There's the anticipation of something that alike no eye has ever earlier. There's a, it says, um, nothing like this is known, has happened before. Um, and before I share a, lot, a few of the things that I think about the poem, I wanted to ask you here or on Zoom, and you know how it goes, you unmute yourself um, by yourself when you want to say something. What, what comes up for you? What, is, what kind of atmosphere? What do you think what's going on here with this? Yes, so Jeff said um, that she, there's, she's, there's an anticipation of the speaker for her son or husband to arrive, or, or daughter to arrive. Um, Sure, I mean, there is definitely um, an illusion of birth, I, I, I want to say, especially in the first, in the first stanzas, right? Because of the, the sort of comparison between until a red head will appear, um, which sort of like suggests a birth, a head coming out of a woman while she's giving birth. Um, so I do think I also I, I also thought that there is there is an allusion to potential birth or the arrival of someone that someone is is really waiting for, um, and it totally works. And at the same time, I also think that there is another level. I think it, it's I think it's a comparison, and I think there might be something even more even bigger than the arrival of a specific person. Um, I don't know. Um, remind me your name, please, Rebecca. Thank you. That's beautiful. Um, Rebecca was saying that um, it reminds her of um, a flower breaking through the, um, the desert soil, right? Um, because of the mentioning of seasons um, towards the end of the of the poem, a red flower. Um, interest, yeah, that's, I, that, is there, I see there's a hand up, um, but I can't unmute you. So, uh, Gary and Marissa, Marlis, sorry. Uh, there's a shake. No, you don't want to say anything? Uh, you're having your hands up, so, okay. <laughs> um, does anybody else want to say something here? What do you mean, the, the third part? Can you, say, can you quote what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what is your name, please, again? Donald, he was saying that he is wondering how does it work um, that the that there's this, the, the anticipation of this event and where is the speaker basically located because how is it connected to, how does it go, this very internal sort of location of the speaker and um, the mentioning of the people in the, in the market and the um, gossipers and the peddlers. Um, I was wondering about that too and I think it has to do with how she sets up, how the poet sets up um, like how she situates situates the speaker because I think there's a lot of juxtapositions going on in this poem and I think the desert on one hand where potentially this event that no eye has ever seen as of yet is going to happen be it a birth, the arrival of a loved person, a flower or something else that we can't really grasp and um, and uh, the, the city, the people, the, the, the mundane sort of like day to day. Um, and I think that it speaks to the isolation of the, of, of the speaker because I, I feel the speaker is somewhere in between. He's somewhere in between the desert and definitely distanced from the people in the marketplace. Um, and I think it is voluntarily so. It's the, the speaker doesn't want to have anything to do, to do with the, with the people, and um, I think 
she's withdrawing and isolating herself in it's so often repeated in like tireless self-control um sleeps a lot waits a lot is silent shuts the ears in order to get herself away from the mundanity of what surrounds her and i think because she maybe thinks that whatever she's waiting for and preparing herself for because i think it is a the preparation of to receive some whatever is going to arrive um in a place that is not where she is and not with other people so i think they go together by being opposites by being contrasted um yeah when the um, the when sometimes i disguise myself are we looking at the english or the hebrew anglit <laughs> the sometimes i disguise myself as dead right i think she does i i think they so jeff was was saying i am still wondering how these things go together how there's a person describing how she arrives how she waits for someone who shall arrive and be seen and sometimes disguises herself even as dead how it goes together with the following mentioning of the people i think it is to build up a contrast i think i think it is to show how distant the person is and how she does not want to relate it doesn't necessarily flow out of another i think it's a i think it's a contrast i think um i think the person um you know when we when a person acts peculiarly the neighbors criticize him and whisper behind his back um and i think that even though it's speaking about a person in the masculine form but i but i think it's a it's a person rather than a, a man so it can be actually the poet speaking who who feels that the neighbors are criticizing him or her um for whatever he's doing because when imagine the person sleeping a lot waiting a lot um you know uh, disguising her or himself as dead and um tirelessly self-controlling themselves that's not um that's not taking part of in society that's not being part of that that's that's acting peculiarly in might be considered in some people's eyes so i do think it is on one hand i think it has a very prophetic level um that that really transcends a specific individual experience of 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 a, of a specific person and at the same time i do think there is a very individual um the individual is is definitely built up there to be different from from the rest of the people and um yeah um so there are a lot of things that um that we already that sort of came up in 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 passing about like the energy and atmosphere that's being built up in this poem about how um there's a lot of silence there's a lot of sleeping there's a lot of waiting it's it's really repeated and i think with this the tireless expectation and the tireless self-control and waiting a lot it it really builds up um it really builds up to basically the last line um the anticipation of an event the like of which no eyes has ever seen and um i was wondering um about you know this could be we associate redemption with something positive and it is obviously and at the same time it is also an awesome event where we use this word a lot when we when we talk about events in 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 Torah or in Tanakh right because on one hand they are they're good they're like generated by god so they are great and good and at the same time they are so immense that they are also scary and and can be um fear inducing which is this this word that works so 
perfectly in English for this kind of situation. This are some has both of it in it, and that's sort of like what I, what I, what what I feel here. And um, talking about biblical references um, or biblical echoes, I just wanted to point out um, in the Hebrew. Obviously, it works more than in the English. Um, there's um, the word tardema, which is in one of the first. It is in the first line, which is a word that comes up when um, in, in in Bereshit, when when Adam um, uh, when God when God creates Adam and um, takes out the rib and uh, creates Eve. Um, subsequently, then um, Adam is in Tardema, and the word that comes up again is um, just before um, the covenant of the pieces, also in Bereshit, um, when Abraham um, is like a, a deep sleep falls over Abraham, and then and then there's and he sees the vision of um, of his descendants being in, in in Egypt and coming back, and obviously the cutting of the pieces, um, and all this also very awesome um, situation that goes on in that covenant. Um, so that word is used, which is which is also part of what um, Ravikovic was doing a lot. She was while she was a modernist person, and and you know very like a, I don't know if she would have described herself as a feminist, but she obviously was a female person, one of the few leading women poets in the 1950s in Israel, which don't even have to be in Israel. For, like, it does, like it's, it's, it's something that requires, obviously, a lot of strength and a lot of um, modernism. But, of course, um, she also used a lot of biblical echoes um, and was very well read in it. And the other thing is a direct quote from, from Ezekiel. Um, it is the line, it is line 19, which is translated, it's... Um, it was, it's line 18 and line 19. It's betzipia bilti nilets ani nofachad beharugim ha'ele sheyichu. It's um, it's a quote from the um from Ezekiel. What is the the ones with the bones? The vision of the dead bones, dry bones, 37, 39. Um, hold on, it's here. Chapter um 37, Ezekiel um, is about the um, when he sees the the dead the dry bones um so that is going to be breathed in. To them again. That's the direct quote um, from that, which is which is also interesting in terms of like what kind of redemptive event is anticipated here. Um, yes. Also, in terms of how is this describing? How is it? Does it have more juxtapositions and and opposites? So there's this one is the the desert and the marketplace and and the loneliness and the isolation um, and the gossiping and um, the silence that I am silent a lot and then the gossiping and the criticizing of the of the peddlers and the gossipers in the marketplace then we have the tadema the big the big sleep and the slumber of senses that is on on the speaker in the first line and that is con- contrasted a lot with tireless like it's interesting like there is there's the slumber that is mentioned and there's, there's a lot of sleep that is mentioned and at the same time there is a lot of Tension and agitation in that poem, but as she says herself, very self-controlled. So that is, I thought this was very interesting. The silence that is mentioned and the, the occasional shouting that comes out, and um, and then and then what ha- what's described in the beginning and the end, the breaking through of this red head of this head red as the sun, which breaking through and birth and the flower blossoming and the arrival of of someone is like. The beginning is like the exit of something, but then it's like 
compared to Bishkiato, to the setting of the sun. So I, I thought it was very interesting in terms of how it balances different emotions and times. And, and all of this really contributes, I find, a lot to this um, very prophetic nature of this, of this poem. Um, 520. Um, we still have a little time if someone still wants to add something. If not, um, oh yes, Rebecca. Yeah, thank you. Um, Rebecca was saying that um, maybe um, what she's waiting for is the breakthrough of her own creativity and that it sort of describes the uh, uh, a process even more than writing. Just It's more than just a writing process. She said it's more than waiting to... There is the anticipation of a release, right, in it. And um, and I, I, I thought of this too. It's like the the release of control, the release of the self-control might also be the release finally of like an unbound sort of like creativity and just going with it, awakening of senses, contrasted to the slumber of senses. Um, yeah. Um, um, yes, that's, there's, that's basically like one of most things that I wanted to bring up. We, I have another, I have a short poem that I could just read and we could end on that. Um, it's the other poem that is in the Hebrew poem itself, which is an amazing book. And I'm just going to read the second poem that they that they chose, and they obviously chose it on purpose. I make more expert in Hebrew poetry than I am, um, even more what glasses to wear. So I'm just going. Um, and it is called Gava uh, Pride. Afilu selaim nishbarim ani omeret lecha, velo mechamad zikna. Shanim rabot hem shochvim al gabam bahem be uba shanim shanim ko rabot kimat notza rosham rosham shel shalva ein hem zazim komam vechach starim hab mein gavaa shanim rabot ovot alehem betzipia מי שעתיד לשבר אותם עדיין לא בא, ואז, ואז האזוב מזגזק, הראשות והאים מגיח וחוזר, ודומה הם ללא, עד שיבוא כלב ים קטן להתרחק, להתרחק על הסלעים, יבוא וילך, ו- וילך. ופתאום האבן פצועה. אמרתי לך, כשסלעים נשברים, זה קורה בהפתעה. ומה גם אנשים? Even rocks break, I tell you, and not of old age. They lie on their backs in the heat and the cold for many years, so many years, and almost create an impression of serenity. They do not budge from their place, and so the cracks are hidden, a kind of pride. Many years pass by them in anticipation. He who is destined to break them has not yet arrived, has not yet come. And then the moss flourishes and the seaweed swirl and the sea flows and ebbs. And it seems that they are motionless until a little seal comes to rub himself against the rocks, comes and goes. And suddenly the stone is wounded. I told you, when the rocks break, it happens surprisingly. And how much so more, and how much the more so people. Um, so 
in the Hebrew, there are a lot of the same words that are used um, through and the wounds and um, and the coming, of course, of breaking something, um, Rebecca, in terms of, you know, there's this, the seal comes and then the rock breaks. And while it is, means something different in this poem, there is the same sort of play with these words of breaking open, wounding, because these words go together in the Hebrew, and, um, and the time spent until this will happen. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.